uh, when, for some reason, he happened across a book I wrote about Islam called The Closing of the Muslim Mind, and I was very grateful for his encouragement that the book be translated into Arabic, which it has been, uh, by a fellow countryman of his. So I owe to him my thanks for his inspiration in guiding me to, to getting that done. To repay his kindness, I put Gamal Al-Arabi in touch with my friends uh, who are affiliated with Westminster in England who have a Muslim reform website called Al-Muslim to which he now has uh, become a contributor. And it is a compilation of contributions to that website made both in Arabic and English that have been published in the Reforming Islam book, which you can see on the table outside, which contains a lot of stunning analysis by uh, Arab Muslims about what needs to be done within the Islamic world to reform it. And Gamal al-Arabi is one of the people who can tell us that because he's done a very acute analysis from his perspective from within Sudan what needs to be done. And the subject of his talk tonight, terrorism, a political military danger or a cultural ideological challenge, speaks to that point as well as to the short-sightedness on the part of the United States and others in the West who have misdiagnosed the problem and therefore applied a wrong solution. Just a couple of words about um, Damal's intellectual contributions, which include two books uh, written in Arabic, appropriately enough, Opening of the Muslim Mind, and Muslim Woman Dress, Body Covering or Mind Binding. Uh, he is a graduate of the University of Khartoum, and uh, since then has spent many years working uh, for the Central Bank in Sudan, and is director of the Information Technology Department of the Sudanese Central Bank. Please join me in welcoming Kamal Ali. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I hope that uh, the lecture uh, will be useful. And uh, please forgive me if there are any uh, difficulty in transferring my ideas uh, to you, because this is my first time uh, to speak in English about uh, uh, this area. Uh, uh, before I proceed, I, note, I, I, I need to briefly explain the meaning of the terms that are usually used in this paper and I think in many other lectures. These are Salafi, Salafist, and Jihadi, Jihadist. Uh, the word Salafi describes in general the widely dominant state of mind in the Muslim world that is influenced by the inter interpretation of the basic Islamic or Muslim books that took place in the first three centuries that followed Prophet Muhammad's mission. And this interpretation uh, is still governing the way 
Muslims are thinking and looking to the world till now, throughout these thousand years, the past thousand years. I think uh, uh, Mr. Robert really book, uh, The Closing of the Muslim Mind, may be the most important uh, source, a solid source, to show exactly how this happened, how Muslims became uh, froze, uh, froze their minds and became captive to ideas that were created before thousand years. Uh, the word jihad stands for the use of violence and war against infidelity or apostasy. Uh, in, the, in the Salafist thought, whoever uh, not Muslim is an infidel who should be a Muslim either by wisdom, in the Salafi, I mean in the Salafi uh, interpretation. Not every Muslim is thinking this way. But frankly, the majority of the ideas uh, that are moving in, in our minds are related to this concept. Uh, that the jihad should be used when the wisdom has no direct response or has no direct impact that people become uh, Muslims. So the jihad is not just violence, it's, just, it's, it's not just war. It has another dimension. It is a religious uh, way of practicing violence and terrorism. Since the emergence of the phenomena of extremism in the Arab and Muslim world, analysis undertaken by most of the well-known research centers and theorists, especially in the West, uh, for, for, uh, for the understanding of the phenomena and the causes of extreme growth did not go beyond four or five factors in trying to attribute what is happening uh, on the ground in the Middle East or the Muslim world. Normally, uh, most of the researchers go uh, and attribute uh, these events and this kind of terrorism and extremism to the frustration of the young people in the Arab and Muslim world and the closing off of horizons before them as a result of deteriorating social and economic conditions. That is, the economic and social conditions are the main drivers of their behavior. Uh, also, most of the researchers, or some of them, uh, emphasize the tyrannical rule and the lack of democracy as direct cause for the, for, for, uh, the, for the condition and, uh, that brought about the emergence of terrorism and extremism. Some also uh, blame the West or trying to attribute the matter to the West, Western policy, the political policy of the United States in particular, towards the Middle East and towards the Muslim world, uh, that these policies um, uh, uh, encouraged and initiated the emergence of extremism and terrorism. And also the double standards used by the West with regard to the Palestinian issue. Uh, most, most people in the Muslim world are considering the West as biased to Israel. Also, some uh, analyses uh, go 
to attribute the emergence and the rapid growth of extremism and terrorism to Iraqi war and Afghani war uh, as direct uh, result for that. Another uh, analysis was to attribute uh, the emergence of terrorism and extremism, extremism uh, to the colonization and unjust exploitation of resources of the Muslim world and the Middle East uh, practiced uh, by the West and the United States. For instance, uh, uh, the general opinion uh, in, in the Middle East um, uh, uh, goes in the direction of that the United States has exploited uh, their resources, the oil resources with cheap prices and so on and so forth. This was clear especially uh, when uh, the attacks in France took place before a uh, couple of months. A lot of media was talking about that uh, the reason is a matter of revenge to what France has made in Algeria, killings that took place in the 60s, in the 50s of the past century. Uh, anyhow, I tried to sum up or to uh, summarize most of the arguments that are raised by researchers, by politicians, and by activists with regard to uh, understanding of the main cause and the root cause of what is happening in the Middle East. Uh, some, uh, I, I would like also uh, to bring uh, your attention as examples some of the statements that had been uh, spoken out by many thinkers and, 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 and theorists as example of this understanding. For instance, uh, Francis Fukuyama, in an interview by Newsweek on 29 December 2003, stated that the strength of radical Islamist groups, the main advocates of terrorism, is attributed to a combination of lack of democracy, a lack of development, frustration, and American foreign policy. Some combination of all of those. And that solution is more democracy, more development, and some kind of resolution of the Palestinian issue. And this is one example to the way uh, researchers and theorists in the West uh, are looking to the issue of extremism. And that is uh, the root cause of what is happening is a multitude of factors contribute to the Islamic radicalism and terror. However, one important factor, and one that appears to have a strong empirical basis, is the Middle East's democracy deficit. Any long-term strategy to combat terrorism should therefore include a vigorous, sustained effort to support democracy and democrats in a region long mediated by democracy. This is uh, stated by Charlie Hamid and Stephen Brock, uh, Policy Review Journal, February 2010, uh, Institution. Another new study about uh, expansion of jihadism uh, uh, and Salafism in Tunisia uh, stated that as reasons, Ben Ali's, the former president of Tunis, control of the religious system. And Mahdah movement has focused on constitution building and political struggles and has not struck, struck a healthy balance between politics and religion. 
Al-Nahda movement, an Islamic movement in Tunis, uh, has acted uh, pragmatically to consolidate its political standing. The social economic situation in Tunisia has worsened since the revolution. So, what is the solution? The recommendations of the state and Al-Nahda. Address social economic grievances, strengthen political inclusion of the Salafi movement, balance state control over the religious sphere, separate religious and political activities for the radicalization coalition. This is written in October 16, 2015, from the Carnegie Center for the Middle East, Market for Jihad, Radicalization in Tunisia by Georgi Fahmi and Hamza uh, These are examples uh, uh, of uh, uh, researches and ideas that come up from uh, uh, many of the students uh, about uh, the factors that caused the current wave of extremism and tourism. I'm not uh, in agreement with these uh, ideas at all. I believe that the reasons said to be behind the Islamist radicalization are nothing more than triggers. The reasons are really different than those. It is worth noting that the extremist organizations don't raise such issues in their goals and political discourse and literature. I had never read or heard uh, from them uh, any complaints about economic situation or political problems or lack of democracy and these things. It's not part of their agenda at all. In my opinion, the real rules lie in another sphere or uh, domain, the field of ideas and concepts that formulate collective mind and conscience of the peoples of Arabic and Islamic worlds. In the coming part of this lecture, I will try to list some of hundreds of uh, indications and factual evidences that support my view. That's the main driving force behind the emergence of this phenomena is the ideology, is the cultural framework, the way, the collective uh, mind, let us say. The, the extremist ideas spread in all countries of the Islamic world and among almost all Muslim uh, communities in the West even, in Europe and America. They hold the same ideas and the same uh, way of, and, of looking to the, to the world and life. Despite the fact that many of them enjoy a high degree of material well-being, for instance, those jihadists of France, of France who killed people and who do the massacre, did the massacre, were not born in Africa or in Arab world where opportunities are very limited and so on and so forth. They were born here in a very good environment. Uh, they are not so much poor. They enjoy uh, a good quality of life, and so on and so forth. Another point is that the extremist ideas spread in countries where there is a reasonable degree of democracy. That is, democracy is not a problem, because Tunisia is a democratic country at the moment. Uh, Lebanon is a democratic country. Indonesia, um, 
take many examples. Like Kuwait, for example, is a democratic country. I mean, there, there are no tight controls from the government towards people. Uh, it is worth noting that economic decline and frustration caused by unemployment and lack of opportunities are global phenomena. It is almost hitting a substantial part of the world and suffered by a wide range of countries in the world. This doesn't result in political and intellectual extremism in a similar manner. The same conditions are prevailing in many places in the world, but they do not cause such kind of thinking and they do not bring about uh, such kind of uh, violence and terrorism. Many countries in all continents had been subject to colonization and oppression uh, by others. To those who think uh, the, the colonial period and uh, just exploitation of resources has directly impacted uh, Muslims or young Muslims to become terrorists, one can say that uh, uh, many countries in all countries have been subject to the same. For instance, people of Japan have been exposed to one of the most horrific nightmares in the history of mankind. That is the unleash of atomic bomb and the killing of hundreds of thousands of people. We can add Chinese, for example. The Japanese colonization uh, for, for, for China was so cruel, and that is known. And take the, the, the case also of Jews who were in Germany. Uh, they had been subject to uh, huge uh, or uh, horrible kind of torture and, uh, and suppression. But no kind of such impact of such response has taken place. Therefore, I cannot speak about the uh, former colonization period and so on and so forth as main driver for the terrorism and extremism that is spreading everywhere. Uh, of interesting in its importance when we speak about the Palestinian issue as one of the core factors that initiated extremism, like what uh, Fukuyama has said, if you remember, he emphasized the Palestinian issue as one of the driving uh, factors. I can say that the extremists choose arenas for their current operations far away from Israel. They do not choose, even in Syria, to start their operations uh, in, in the territory that is uh, close to Israel. Even those in Sinai, Venezuela, uh, uh, ISIS, uh, members are hitting Egyptian national army. They are not targeting Israel. Therefore, not. therefore I cannot attribute the extremism and terrorism and what they are doing to Israeli issue. This is my uh, point. Uh, this is, there is another point which I feel many people uh, overstated and it is very important in our analysis to the causes and roots of extremism. extremism. That terrorism has started in the Muslim and Arab world before any other country. For instance, in 1981, 
It started in, in Egypt by assassinating, uh, assassinating uh, the former president uh, Anwar Sadat. This took place in 1981 and continued uh, until uh, end of the 80s, uh, last century. That before Iraqi war, before all these kind of uh, justifications we are looking after. And also in Nigeria, the civil war and uh, that uh, took place in Nigeria started in 1991 and it was an internal uh, conflict actually because it didn't, it didn't have any extension uh, uh, outside Nigeria. Tens of thousands of Muslims were slaughtered and the main reason is that the terrorist groups wanted to impose an Islamic state in Nigeria. It was not an issue of Israel, it was not, it was not an issue of economics, it was not an issue of uh, uh, lack of democracy at all. If we look to the nature of the operations that are taking place by ISIS or Al-Qaeda or whatever, uh, there is something unique about it. That uh, the concepts of nation, democracy, land, soil, economy, it is not present in their uh, literature, it is not present in, in, in their uh, uh, speeches and so on. They are driven only by hatred to civilization and to the West in particular, because in my opinion the West represents uh, a symbol of civilization, of the, of the current civilization in their minds. And I think they are driven by hatred to civilization in general, to modernity. Uh, uh, and this is mixed with the desire to impose what they understand as the Islamic State that was established by Prophet Muhammad before 1400 years. This is a central concept in their minds and in their uh, teachings and their literature. All the world should be governed by an Islamic state similar to that uh, in, uh, that took place before 1400 years in Mecca and Al-Madina. This is the main concept and the main target they are uh, working for. This explains what I said why uh, they choose arbitrary targets that do not have any special importance. The targets of them, or their targets, is really arbitrary. It goes to a nightclub, it could be a bus anywhere in the world. Uh, there is no specific uh, target relating to, to, to their dreams or their issues. Killing just kills the maximum possible number of, of people. And uh, this is why you find the same thing happening in uh, uh, shootings and bombings like what happened in, in France, in Turkey, in California, in Florida, in uh, Fort Hood, in Texas, uh, in Boston. Bear in mind what happened in Boston uh, before a couple of years, it was done by uh, two, person, two persons from Chechnya. 
Chechnya has has no problem with America. <laughs> has no problem with America. America did not do harm to them. I mean, Chechnya uh, problem should be with the government, uh, with, with the, with the uh, Russian state. But the, this is not an issue. Their main objective: kill, 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 irrespective uh, to, to to the cause, to the reason. Look at what happened in Madrid, in London, and everywhere, even in Pakistan. They exploded the girls' school in Pakistan, in Afghanistan. This has nothing to do with politics. To destroy a school uh, for girls uh, has nothing to do with Palestinian, uh, Palestinian issue, has nothing to do with democracy. This is something here. I mean, uh, it, is, it, it, it is something relates to, a, to the way you are looking to the world and to the life. However, uh, what I conclude, that uh, these movements, uh, the emergence of these movements and the continuation of their operations has nothing to do with the reasons that are brought, uh, brought up by, by uh, theorists and thinkers and uh, uh, political leaders and so on. Uh, a small thing which I want also to show you Look to this table. This is a very small table. In this table, I am trying to compare in, in three dimensions, on three parameters, between the United States, the whole Arab world, and Netherlands, Pakistan, Israel. I, I, I want to give you an idea about, uh, for example, the GDP in billions of US, uh, in USD, year two, 2010. In the whole Arab world, including all the huge resources to know, it is about two billion, two trillion dollars. The United States is 14 billion, the highest one in the world. Look to Netherlands, it is 7,083 billion at that time, which is around 40% or 38% of the total GDP of the whole Arab world. Holland or Netherlands is a medium-sized country. It's not England, it's not France, it's not Italy. But although the population of Netherlands is 17 million, while the Arabic world, uh, the population is 339, while uh, Netherlands has 41,000 kilometers, square kilometers, and the Arab world has 11 million, uh, 820,000. Uh, square meters, we find no Arabic university had been included in the list of the 150 best universities in the world. While Netherlands has six universities. Look at the number of patents, registered patents uh, from 1963 to 2010. The contribution of the Arabic Arab world according to the records, it's just 1,000. While Netherlands, we are talking about, is 41,000. Look at the difference in the number of population and the area. Now, let us go to compare Pakistan with Israel, for example. Israel has 8 million people, while we have here 176 million in Pakistan. While Israel has only 21,000. Uh, square uh, kilometers area, Pakistan has 803,000. Let us 
compared to our parameters. In the best 150 universities award, it has four, while the whole Arab world has no one even in the list of 500. Let us go to the number of patents in thousands. The Arab world has, uh, the Israel has 20,000 registered patents, while the whole, uh, sorry, while Pakistan has only 50, 50 uh, patents. Um, the PDB of Israel is higher than that of Pakistan, despite the fact stated here. I give you another parameter with regard to Nobel laureates in natural sciences. They count till now they are 533. Only two Muslims in the history have won Nobel in, 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 in natural sciences. One of them is Anikishian uh, in Caltech, and another one uh, is a Pakistani one. This is not coming from a vacuum. I mean, this indicates something very important. True, we are talking about extremism, uh, about terrorism. But I, I, I want to deliver a message that the problem is, is the collective mind. If it has a problem, it has a crisis. And this crisis reflects itself in many ways. Politically, in terms of terrorism. Economically, in terms of backwardness in almost all economic and social indicators. Uh, therefore, I think when we want to tackle the problem, we have to address directly the way Muslims are looking to the world, the collective mind. Uh, the West, led by, by the US as uh, the main actor, I think has committed three major mistakes with regard to Muslim world in the past case that followed World uh, War II. These three mistakes I can list as follows. The first, the West support to the conservative regimes in the Middle East and some other Islamic states for the sake of encountering communism had to be linked with a strong pressure on them to pursue a suitable reform and modernization program for improving their social and political institutions and practices. This never happened. Frankly speaking, the United States and the whole West were supporting very tyrannic regimes in the Middle East and the Muslim world, very corrupted regimes, very undemocratic regimes. I understand the need for the United States to encounter Soviet Union and communism to get the support, their support. But I think if we were, or if, uh, if the American pol uh, politics was uh, good enough, it could have linked this with also uh, an improvement uh, program for these countries. Uh, the second mistake, I think, uh, and, uh, that is done by the West and, and uh, the US specifically, is the Afghani war. Uh, or the support of the United States to jihad uh, groups in Afghanistan during their war against the Soviet Union. Uh, frankly speaking, the victory of these Islamic groups have motivated all these uh, political groups that are fighting now. It gave us confidence that uh, Islamic State could be realized. Based on this 
uh, understanding, they, they came to be confident that the Islamic State could be uh, materialized. That's what has modified them. In my opinion, the Americans had to push forward uh, liberal uh, and democratic forces in Afghanistan and in that area instead of supporting Islamists. The third uh, mistake that I think uh, till now the West is, uh, has failed in, I think till now there is a failure in diagnosing the problem of extremism and terrorism. Till now, many people, many research centers, many uh, journals, many political leaders are still talking about uh, using power uh, to eradicate, uh, to eradicate terrorism, to eradicate extremism. And without understanding the real cause and the root cause, I think you cannot solve uh, this issue in the long run. You may succeed in the short run uh, to control on a tactical basis some of them. But in the long run, you cannot uh, stop the whole uh, problem. Unfortunately, the past couple of months, of months witnessed a major positive development in the views of, of several political leaders, and these views reflect an excellent understanding for the origin of the problem, as could be seen here. One of the political leaders is saying ISIS is not merely a terrorist organization. It is a malicious idea. The ideology underpinning ISIS is the same as that underpinning Al-Qaeda. And the same one underpinning Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda's fellows in Nigeria, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Somalia, Yemen, and the Arabian Peninsula, it is the same one that has begun to see itself in Europe, America, and elsewhere. The military infrastructure, infrastructure of the organization can be defeated. But what about the intellectual infrastructure of this organization? We need to confront this pernicious uh, thinking with an enlightened, open mind thought. When that accepts the other and coexists with him, an enlightened thought emanating from within our Islamic religion, one which calls for peace, for its bloodshed, deserves dignity, moderates the airs and directs the forces of mankind towards going, doing good. The suicidal uh, youth who seeks to die for his face out of some malicious perception can only be stopped by a conception that is yet stronger, one that can lead him to the right path. Sheikh Muhammad bin Rashid. This is one of the most important figures in the Muslim and Arab world. He's the governor of Dubai and um, uh, the head of council, uh, the prime minister uh, of uh, uh, United Arab Emirates. Another statement by Salman bin Hamad al-Khalifa, crown, crown prince of Bahrain, the tide of these groups will work something. But in the meantime, we must not lose sight of the fight and the defeat of the ideology that rely upon for so At the same time, we must divest ourselves of so-called war on terror, on terror and focus our efforts on confronting the lies of this simple fascistic theocracy. This is a new language in the Arab world. Let us go to the West to see the new trend also. This ideology, this disease view of the world, 
has become an epidemic. And we have to stop it at the start. Stop this seed of hatred even being planted in people's mind, minds, let alone allowing people. It means tackling both the violent and the non-violent extremism in all its forms. Because unwittingly or not, those who promote extremists use even if non-violent themselves are providing support to those who want to commit or get others to commit violence. It means inspecting and shutting down any educational institutions that are teaching intolerance. And it means actively encouraging, reforming, and moderate Muslim voices to speak up and challenge the extremists, and this final point is vital. This is David Cameron, uh, you know, of course. I think uh, this is a new language, as I said, a new tone in, in looking to the political uh, situation in the Middle East and Islam. Another, a third one, this threat is global, we require a fundamental change of strategy if we are to defeat it. The threat is not simply the acts of violence, but the ideology of extremism that give rise to them. Confront only the violence and fail to confront the ideology and the fear. It is this Islamism which begets Islamic extremism, which begets the acts of violence. The reality is that the artifacts of this view of Islam are numbered in many millions. Have in some countries elements of official support and are systematically teaching it to millions of young people across the world. This ideology is not interested in coexistence. It does not seek dialogue but dominance. It cannot therefore be content. It has to be defeated. We must escape from the paralyzing grip of the present political discourse stuck between a right wing that is now getting into uh, bigotry against Muslims as a whole, and a left that thinks that calling it Islamism is stigmatic and prefers to believe that in any event we have caused all of this through Western policy. This discourse disables the alliance we need with Islam. We need to boost the capacity of civic society to counter extremism. This involves many dimensions, from the encouragement of correct interpretations of scripture to the uh, proliferation of internet materials that counter the extremist narrative to the building of interface on the side. But it needs to be organized. Anthony Blair, the Sunday Times, just uh, five or six months back. I think this is a new language uh, uh, by very remarkable leaders from uh, the Middle East and from the West as well. And I think uh, by stating this, the international politics started to put itself in the right track of defeating these groups. Uh, I would like to state some facts about the Muslims' mindset that should be taken into account when uh, discussing the current crisis. The dominating intellectual framework in the Islamic societies is in general a retrograde and theocratic one. It looks to life issues, whatever they are, through the lens of religion instead of uh, reasoning. This occurred uh, when the early Muslim thinkers and clerics committed what uh, uh, my friend Robert Reilly is calling intellectual suicide. This has taken place um, after five, uh, three, uh, uh, three centuries after Prophet Muhammad. The prevailing Salafi Islam is injecting in the minds 
and hearts of Muslims that the model of the first Islamic state before 1400 years is mandatory irrespective to changes in time and space, and that it is part of their faith which could be applied, in, which should be applied in all times. Any Muslim, not any of course, but I mean the majority, the mainstream, uh, they always thinking about imposition of Islamic rules uh, because it came, uh, I mean it is the God's word and so on and so forth. The most striking feature of this environment is the reliance of Muslim communities upon specific concepts of Islam and have been adopted, uh, that have been adopted at both the official and popular levels. Concepts whose foundations have remained unchanged for almost a thousand years. These concepts reinforce in the, in the collective mind of contemporary Muslims the following perceptions. The providing of solutions to all human issues, including aspects related to the natural and social sciences, is an integral part of the religious system. Anything is related to our religion. Politics, social um, concepts, everything. You have to look uh, at anything from within, uh, through, a lens of the, uh, through the lens of the religion. Another point, the fundamental criteria for determining one's standpoint on social phenomena resides in the concept of halal and haram, permissible and forbidden, instead of weighing things according to whether they are right or wrong, beneficial or harmful. This, is, this idea has been uh, rooted in the collective mind, that you look to everything whether it is halal or haram. Even if you want to do something very small in the Muslim world, they normally ask a cleric about can I do it? Uh, is it acceptable or not? The third uh, perception in the collective mind is that uh, uh, clerics, whether they are organized or not, are the source of knowledge. Not me, not the scientists, but the clerics. They are the source of knowledge with regard to religious things, to the faith, or to other social and political uh, aspects. Uh, I would like here to clarify some ambiguities surrounding the nature of the current war, which is taking place. From the reactions of the Western leaders and politicians following the recent bloody events in Europe and the USA, and the, their, their, their determination to fight and defeat ISIS militarily, it is evident that there is a glaring ignorance of the fact that ISIS is an idea. It is not a state. It is not an organization. ISIS is an idea. Those who kill people in Florida belong to ISIS. ISIS is not a state. It can go tomorrow, it can go within one month or ten years, whatever. But the seed is there. They can seed themselves anywhere. So if you want to deal with ISIS as um, a state or an organization, I think you will lose the target in the end. It is an idea. It is here. I am quite sure those in California or Florida who committed this massacre, they don't belong organizationally to ISIS. The idea is they are killed, killed because all these are infidels, 
we have uh, to build the Islamic State, and this is the idea. And this is evident when Al-Qaeda and some of its allies in uh, West Africa uh, were about to fully control Mali. If you remember in early year 2013, in a flash movement, in two weeks or three weeks, they occupied tens of thousands of miles, square miles. Fortunately enough, the French strike was sudden and it took place at the right time. Otherwise, uh, North and uh, West Africa could have been uh, another territory like uh, Daesh in uh, uh, Iraq and Syria. Uh, there is another fact that is said repeatedly by political uh, and religious leaders, which is suggesting that these extremists are very few in number and present only a small sector of Muslims. It is fair and correct to state that the influence of intellectual framework is not the same on every Muslim. I am a Muslim, but I cannot kill anybody. But the problem is that the intellectual framework it is not saying to everybody go anchor. It furnishes, uh, according to the concepts built in it, it furnishes a way to me, uh, sorry, to a normal Muslim, to say that, okay, if we want uh, an Islamic state, it is better to, to get it through democracy. Why should we kill people? Another yeah. one, because they are using the same uh, uh, ideology. Uh, his behavior is different. We have to, to kill for the Islamic state. Both of them are uh, speaking from the same ground, but their attitudes are different. But both of them want to establish an Islamic uh, state. This is a very important point. In other words, most of the Muslims are very peaceful. They have nothing, they don't have intention to kill, they don't have intention to do harm to anybody. But the ground they based their thought on also pushes others to use weapons and to use terrorism. This is a problem. Therefore, what is the problem? What is the solution for that problem? The, the, the solution should be the disassociation of religion and state matters. Religion has nothing to do with uh, state and politics and uh, economics. This is very important. Uh, and this is the way to resolve the health issue. And this is the most difficult part. Of, of, of the solution. How to materialize this is a very tough exercise. And I think it depends on, 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 on many things. The most important is that we understand that this is the problem. Uh, the solution of any problem depends on your analysis and your determination of the origin of it. Uh, so what is to be done by those who want to get rid of terrorism? The international community is now engaged in the, fight, uh, in the fight against terrorism by the traditional political, military, and security means. <clears throat> this is something acceptable in the case of military conflicts, the normal ones, between the state and state, or between the state and rebels, for example. Uh, because 
Uh, this is a way to keep and maintain the integrity of a country. But when you are fighting an enemy whose location is not known, whose name is not known, his intentions are not known, uh, his target is not known, his place of existence is not known, is not known. You can't use the traditional method on that at all. You have to use another method. So the fight against terrorism and Islam, Islamic extremism is a strategic battle. The success is possible from our point of view through fighting in the following tracks additional to the currently active military track and political track. The intellectual track, we have already pointed out that the Islamic uh, discourse prevailing now was, draft, was drafted almost 1,000 years back. The currently uh, dominant Islamic thought should be replaced by a modern one. Should be replaced by a modern one, and this is possible. The last few decades have seen the emergence of hundreds of strong voices in the Muslim world who have a new inter interpretation for the Islamic uh, uh, sources like Quran and Sunnah, and who are able to give a real replacement that can satisfy the requirements of the religion and the requirements of people. In other words, from within Islam, many thinkers now and a lot of voices are saying or uh, delivering new discourse, new uh, speech that Islam could be or could coexist with the current civilization and contribute to it. And actually, when going back uh, to the heritage of, uh, of Muslims uh, and to Quran itself, it is quite easy from a theoretical point of view. It is quite easy to convince somebody that scarf, for example, is not from religion. I myself have a book about that uh, to tell my daughter that she has no problem in, uh, in, in, in dressing a comfortable uh, dress without contradicting your religion. I personally went through all the texts written about hijab, and I found that 90% of, of, of the truth is not in Quran. It is in the minds of those who interpreted the Quran, frankly speaking. This applies also to other things like uh, politics, economics, and everything. We are captives not of a religious idea, of a human being idea, born sometime before 1,300 years or 200 years. And this, this human being, a person or a group of persons, interpreted the religion in a certain manner. And due to certain factors, which, which we can talk about later in another lecture, this understanding continued through time till now. Most of the people are using the same uh, understanding of the past thinkers and uh, fiqh uh, to, uh, to, to, to handle uh, today's issues. So anyhow, what I want to say, the major, one of the major uh, and important 
factors for defeating extremism and terrorism is now available, which is which is the availability of a new of the new interpretation. This is very important. But availability of the replacement in itself is not enough. Because theory should go to reality somehow. Uh, the idea uh, should be spread and, and, and uh, idea, it's a good idea cannot dominate without channels to the people and so on and so forth. Having uh, written a good idea in a book does not mean that it, it is correct, but does not mean that everyone is going to accept it. Therefore, here comes the political uh, dimension, uh, which is very important. I mean by political dimension, we sh should insist to our world, whether we are in the West or Arab countries, to embed or to include in their national strategies an enlightenment component. An enlightenment component. Because without an enlightenment program or something that is similar to what happened in Europe before 500 years, there would be no change. Democracy will not succeed if people are still wanting to have their government similar to that, uh, to, to a, a government that was established before, 1,200 years. Therefore, an enlightened program is a necessity if we want to get rid of the whole thing in the, in the future. Therefore, I think the Western uh, countries should adapt or should uh, add a component to their strategies targeting enlightenment in the Arab and Muslim world and pressing also uh, other countries to have this component in their strategies. And this is possible. I think uh, if we go back to, uh, I think, ten, uh, at the days of uh, uh, George Bush Jr., uh, after uh, 11, uh, uh, September 11, a pressure was applied on some governments in the Middle East and according to this pressure, a lot of uh, courses in the educational system have been changed dramatically. Um, also, in Saudi Arabia, for example, women, the situation of women has improved a little. For instance, they were given some seats in the parliament uh, as the days of King uh, Abdullah. Uh, a multi-gender educational institution was established in Saudi for the first time in the history of Arab Peninsula that a, a, a boy and girl sit together in the university and study together. That was not accepted. That was something nobody can imagine before 50 years. But I think after the pressure which was uh, applied after uh, uh, September 11, it was possible. That means if the, if the will is strong enough, uh, a lot of changes can take place. Uh, one of the pressures that could be applied is to allow enlightenment uh, elements in the society to grow. 
as a superpower, as US or Europe or whatever, I don't see, I, I don't say it is that simple, simple, but it is possible. And this is very important. Without uh, having this enlightenment program in the Arab world, I don't think we would be able to resolve uh, the issue of extremism and terrorism in the Arab and Muslim world. I have a lot of things uh, you need to say, but I think the time is not that uh, sufficient. I may need about two minutes just to, to give you something funny uh, about Salafism. <laughs> famous in Saudi, by the way. They are uh, two uh, clerks with very high popularity. But even looking uh, to this national song, each one of them has a different view. One of them is uh, considering a sin, a sin, another one is something normal. I want to give this example, uh, sorry, I, I'm bringing this as an example of the way um, Salafist mind is looking to the world. Everything, you have to give it a religious dimension. Even the small and minor things like this one. This is a short video clip. It has an English translation. Uh, it shows how the Salafist mind uh, understand <laughs> the word Pepsi. <laughs> This is very famous Egyptian cleric, and he's a leader of one of the main uh, movements. E every كل تلت بني البني إيه يعني أي فكة توصل لإيدك الفكة اللي أنت مش عارف توديها فين ادفعها saving إنقاذا اي اسرائيل يعني ادفع اي فكه توصل لايدك لانقاذ اسرائيل مش عايزين منك فلوس عايزين الفكه عايزين البني البني اللي هو التعريف تعريف المليم المليم البني اظن اذا يعني ما اخطاتش في الاقتصاد الامريكي واحد على ألف من الدولار يعني مش قرش حتى مليم اظن يعني وجايز يطلع مليم قرش لكن اعتقد ان هو هكذا فبيقول له ادفع الفكه اللي انت مش محتاجها بس ادفعها في مكانها ولو جمعت الفكه دي تعمل لك المشروب ده وخدوا اول كلمه من كل اول حرف من كل كلمه بي افري بيني سيفنج اسرائيل خدوه وكتبوا منه كلمه بيبسي اللي سيادتك بتدفعها انقاذا لاسرائيل وانا لا اتكلم عن بيبسي بالذات ده بيبسي وكوكاكولا كذلك وكله كله انا لا لا اريد ان يعني ادخل مساله تحديد البضائع انتوا شوفوها انتوا مسلمين انتوا تقولوا لي انا ما اعرفش انا ابني الصغير ربنا يكرمه هو اللي عارف في المقاطعه احس اكثر مني هو اللي لما باجي اشتري يقول لي لا دي اه ودي لا وحافظهم واصبح فقيه فيه. How can we implement democracy and these high values in the presence of such people like this gentleman? who has not less than 
million followers in Egypt or something like that. He's very famous and This is the way he thinks. How can you approach these minds without, first of all, taking out all these... Uh... <laughs> Thank you very much. I didn't try to, to uh, touch the issue of, uh, of Sunnah and Shia, uh, because the matter is too, as you know. Uh, but generally speaking, the existing regime in Iran is worse than the one that is existing in Saudi Arabia, by the way. Because at least in Iran, the person who is governing and he's ruling, he protects himself directly by God. He is not a king. He directly uh, reports to the heavy, uh, to, to, to the heavy. and this is uh, more uh, serious than the, the case uh, in Saudi and other. Fortunately enough, Iran and Shias um, um, in, uh, are limited somehow, and uh, I think for the time being uh, they are making use of the moment in the sense that the battle or the fight now is not involving Shia, and they are building their capacities, their capacities and looking to, to, to the future of this uh, fight which is taking place. Um, uh, Saudis are trying at the moment uh, to, to, to play with the issue of, of Iranian uh, 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 nuclear and uh, military uh, advancements and so on and so forth, and to uh, say that and to indicate that Iran is behind all the troubles in the Middle East. True, Iran is a troublemaker in the whole uh, world, frankly speaking, and the whole world should take, should take in my opinion, certain uh, measures uh, to control it. Uh, but at the moment, um, Iran is not more than a political player trying to make use of, of, of the current situation, no more than that. They are not involved uh, in the current battle against Daesh, only maybe through their allies in Iraq and so on and so forth. Can you speak to the link between governments? Sorry. Can you speak to the link between governments? You spoke about the need for some reformation or some form of enlightenment. Governments uh, in countries like Egypt, Egypt, like Sudan, like Saudi Arabia, play a key role in connection with the religious establishment. And sometimes there's this kind of unholy alliance, if one can use an expression, uh, between the two. And, and to a large extent, government action is influenced by these uh, religious establishments. I, I know Egypt for this is a valid question. Uh, in fact, uh, in both Saudi uh, and, and Egypt, the formal religious authority is there, not like Sudan, for example, because uh, in, in, in Egypt there is uh, Al-Asad, uh, which is a very big established establishment 
created before uh, 800 years or so and became like a religious advisor to the government and it has some influence on the government. The same applies to Saudi, uh, something called Hayat Kibar al-Ulama. Anyhow, a forum of the highest uh, level uh, clerics in Saudi, they are formed in, in certain uh, manner, like a, co a big committee or council or panel, and they decide, they decide on religious things and all, all, also on uh, legal issues and, and these things. But I tell you a fact. Since they depend on the government to survive, each one has to get his salary at the end of the month, the influence of the, gover of the government is generally higher than their influence of the government. I give you an example for, for Saudi, for example. In Saudi Arabia, having a man sitting with a woman, not a taboo, it is like a crime. I mean, it's a crime, actually. Uh, if you, a man and woman, sit in any place without uh, legal or religious uh, relationship, it is something against the law. Okay? But what happened? After the pressure imposed on the Saudi regime after uh, September 11, if you remember, I spoke about uh, Bush uh, uh, pressure on Saudis. King Abdullah somehow is more enlightened than the other members of the family. He decided to establish uh, a university. It is a very good university, by the way. It cost it about six or eight billion dollars. And that was the first university in, in uh, uh, Arabic uh, Peninsula to have uh, a uh, multigender education. This was something nobody can imagine because no one in the religious authority had ever thought about that in the whole history. Can you imagine, after the decision has been taken, some of the clerical, uh, of the clerical uh, uh, authorities have agreed that uh, this is um, going with Islam. For, for many of them, even one of them belongs to Muhammad Abdel Wahab, the person who created or who brought uh, in the Wahhabism, one of his uh, grandchildren, he's now a very senior in the religious authority, said that, who said Islam? Uh, does not allow uh, interaction between uh, women and, and men. Frankly speaking, this is in the official media. Frankly, the influence of the government is higher than the influence of the, of the religious society. But that does not taken, that should not be taken uh, in, in a simple manner. Because the religious society has influence on people also. Uh, but if there is a real strategy, and the government has de uh, determined uh, to open the society, they can. Al-Ashar, for instance, in Egypt, is playing the advisor of the government of Egypt. And uh, also, uh, the president is talking about religious reforms, the need for religious reforms and renewal, and he's facing troubles with ISIS itself. A lot of Egyptian uh, soldiers are dying almost every day because of, of ISIS. Although, despite this fact, he imprisoned one of the main thinkers, the, the new Enlightenment activist called Islam Behari. 
he was sentenced for five years. Because Al-Ashar doesn't want such voices to raise. And uh, although this theorist, this uh, researcher, is talking from Islam itself, he's not coming from uh, outside. And he didn't, uh, he didn't neglect uh, the Islamic heritage. Uh, however, because of political reasons, the president doesn't want to cause uh, to have any troubles with the Assad at the moment. Maybe this is what he has in his calculation. Thank you. Can you just give it in two sentences? Uh, in two sentences, I think the ideological religious explanation needs to be supplemented by a historical political explanation for why Islam, not accepting that the West replaced it as the leadership of the world, because theologically that's inconceivable for Islam, proceeded to think in the late 20th century and now that it could turn the tables and regain the leadership by means of buying nuclear weapons and or terrorism. So why didn't this happen before? In other words, if the explanation is only ideological, why didn't this oh, happen okay. many years okay. before? And maybe it's happening today because the rise of the West this has is incited it. Is that no, the, decline, no, no, no. the willful self-decline of the West? Has it incited it? that think we can replace it? Okay. Right, okay. Thank you. Okay, one minute. This is a very good question, frankly. And uh, I want to bring your attention to a certain fact that this phenomenon, you may have uh, seen it, you might have seen it only recently. But in fact, if, we go, if you look to the history of the Middle East, in the past 200 years, there are a lot of such kind of, uh, of activities from uh, fundamentalist Islam. In Sudan, where I came from, there was something called Mahdiya, Mahdist uh, revolution, that took place uh, in year 1840 uh, or 60, I don't remember at the moment. But it was a typical and very, not typical, but very similar to what ISIS is doing now. In five years' time, they controlled the whole area. They, uh, they killed everyone who is opposing. Uh, they are talking only about Islamic State, and uh, they are talking about even to invade Britain. The, uh, uh, the Khalifa sent a message to uh, Queen Victoria in London, saying that you have to come to Islam, we are willing to accept you, and even uh, to assign a husband for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much.